and gentlemen, happy Halloween. We got a few more days left until that holiday comes to fruition. I jumped on the show today and James was in a banana. So he said, get something on. So we threw it on. We're going to get into today's program. Uh, we're going to be talking about what the hell is a virtual CFO? Well, let's Ooh. find out. Oh. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. Halloween Fireman Drop Some Heat. All right, all you business pros out there, let's get bananas. Before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, and drop a review. Help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in those podcast rankings. We'll sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you want to learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz, schedule your time, and don't forget to follow us on all our social medias at Business Bros Pod. All right, everybody, we're so excited and honored to bring another incredible guest to the Business Bros Pod. Today's guest doesn't believe in prescribed solutions, quick fixes, or a detached surface-level approach to your business. He knows that success requires a deep dive into your business to find the right solutions, and with our guest's team, you can have it all. Business, financial, and marketing professionals are a phone call away. And with a team of professionals by your side, you will discover and implement the best practices to suit your unique needs. Our guest has helped nearly a thousand business owners elevate their strategies through holistic business solutions. And with the help of our guest and his team, those businesses have raised more than $75 million and funded smart, long-term growth. With more than 25 team members and over 30 years of experience, our guest is ready to help you drive marketing, financial, operational, and company strategic objectives as part of your leadership team. And he's more than confident of their ability to help you achieve success in every facet of your business. Joining us today from Growth Lab Financial out of Providence, Rhode Island, your finance as a service partner for the future. Welcome to the show, Dan Gertrude. All right, time to breathe, time to breathe, time to get this thing done. All right, ladies and gents, thank you, Senior <laughs> Banana. You did a wonderful job with your fire intros. All right, Dan, let's do this thing, man. Uh, hey, dude, three minutes into the show, you started off on the first time with a, talking to a banana and a Jason mask. What, what do you think of the show so far, man? <laughs> Tequila time. Tequila He's time. He's speechless. He's speechless. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just having a tequila, guys. It is 7.06 my time. That's all right. That's cool, man. Hey, it's five o'clock somewhere. All right, then let's jump into this thing. Uh, I'll start off with the obvious question. Uh, you know, what what is a virtual CFO and how did you get into this space? Yeah. Uh, so what's a virtual CFO? It's essentially a CFO type that is not in person, in your office, sitting in one of your seats. So if you kind of go back 10, 15 years ago, you know, fractional part-time CFOs, it wasn't like 
anything new. It was just they would come to your office. They would do things. They would be in your journal entry. Today, you know, it's kind of flipped upside down where a lot of these companies, um, they have everything from the accounting, the bookkeeping, the CFO. Question is, why do you need one? Because if there's anything coming out of the pandemic is that planning is back in vogue. Like you got to be planning and planning ain't perfect. And that's a problem. Like everybody just wants like they want to see the numbers. They want to see you hit. The reality is planning is all about the thought process, the thinking that goes into it. So how do I get into this? Well, I spent 15 years in corporate America. And in 2013, I started my entrepreneurial journey and started working with scaling venture backed startups in the Boston area. And then from there, ended up buying an accounting business and a business partner and brought on more people. Today, we have about 30 team members and we're doing everything under that value stream, accounting and finance, tax, business strategy. So you need bookkeeping, you need a controller, you need a financial analyst, you need a CFO, you need a tax guy, tax person. We got that all under one umbrella and all for one fixed monthly price. Take the Ooh. headaches out of like having finance and accounting. It's not shit people need to worry about. Dude, and it's the one thing that people really get stopped on. Like, you know, when I go to get financing, oh, you need to have your PL in order. What? Oh, man, I don't even keep any books. Oh, you're supposed to have your separate accounts. What? I'm not even knowing I'm supposed to do that. Oh, you turn it's to worse. It's so much worse. Yeah, exactly, right? It gets worse and worse and worse. It's almost like if you become successful and you don't have any type of bookkeeping, you're really putting yourself in a hole. When you, when you pick up clients, who's your ideal client? What are you looking for in a client? Yeah, yeah, good question. So I always start the conversation with every small, medium-sized business owner, startup, venture, it doesn't matter. Everyone has, they're challenged with these four things. One, understanding your cash flow, which is nothing, nothing to do with what you just talked about, right? But understanding your cash flow. Two, understanding where you're making and losing money. Like that seems simple enough. Like where am I making money? Where am I not making money? Well, the problem is that usually comes down to like your accounting and your bookkeeping. Three, how do you actually pay people for performance, right? Hmm. Every 99% of all businesses know how to pay people nine to five hourly. You got W2, you got your payroll, but how do you actually structure a plan where you're aligning people's goals, like people's behavior with your company's goals? And then the fourth piece is marketing for profit. A lot of businesses, they just take all the revenue and think it's like the same revenue. Well, guess what? Not every dollar from every type of revenue is the same. It's going to have different impact to your business. So understanding how to actually market for profit and not just taking that net to the bottom of the ocean floor. And so what's our persona? You know, you're looking at overwork. So we got two personas, right? You got the management team and you got the company. So we look at management teams that are overworked, right? They're putting in 60 hours. They're spending another 10 hours on bookkeeping. They're kind of flying by the seat of their pants. They're not planning. They're technically inclined. Usually, like especially in the startup world, you're looking at software engineers. Or they're more commercially focused. And then on the flip side, you got the company persona. That's usually for us, it's a scaling so, you know, I'm not talking like, hey, I got a startup idea, right? That's not a customer for us, although we'll start working with them if it really makes sense and they got their shit together. But normally it's a scaling venture backed startup or at least on that journey. And usually we're hanging out with you from that half a million pre-seed, million pre-seed up to maybe 25, 30 million dollar series B. 
at that point, we start like pairing back some of our stuff that we're offering you. And then the second piece is small, medium-sized operating businesses, usually up to that $20 million, maybe $30 million in revenue per year. So two sides to the equation. Two sides to the equation. And you mentioned, you know, those four things. Those are those are some core things that everybody who's even getting started in business needs to have an idea and a foundation of, uh, on it. Let's start with the first one, cash flow. What do you mean cash flow? Isn't that just money coming in? Money coming in, money coming out. Unfortunately, you know, you look at your P&L, your income statement, and you're like, damn it, I made money last year. But then they go to their bank account and they're like, damn it. I don't have more money at the end of this year than I did at the beginning of this year. What the heck happened? Well, there's a lot more to it, right? Especially if you don't understand simple things like accrual versus cash basis accounting, uh, or you're not planning for your cash, or you know maybe you're paying yourself outside of your income statement, or you know worse yet, you know that uh, not everything's a PPP loan, right? You actually yeah. got paid debt back, right? And so sometimes you're taking money out of your income to pay back debt. All of that doesn't actually show up in your P&L, your income statement, and, but it shows up at the end of the year with a little less money. So we try to help small, medium-sized business owners understand their cash flow pro forma. Like, like we're not even talking just current state, like what the hell happened this month, but looking out 12, 24 months. You know, guys like you, right? You're in a service-based business. I'm assuming, you know, this is a business for you guys, right? And you're mm -hmm. thinking about some Google AdWords. You're thinking about LinkedIn ads, some Facebook. Maybe you're thinking about hiring a production team. And maybe you're expecting a starting another like podcast with a different theme. All of that takes cash that may not actually reflect on your current P&L, but it will dip into your cash. So understanding your cash flow is like number one. Number one, number one. And then two, you started talking about having a strategic plan in paying people so that their you know, key performance indicators or KPIs or their goals are aligned with their pay. Yeah. And there's a lot of change happening with that. There's the you know, great resignation. People are leaving jobs, moving a lot more towards a gig economy. Yep. How does, you know, when, when you talk about structuring things, how do you structure it? And what, what is that gig economy doing to traditional payroll structures? Yeah, it's it's flipping it upside down. And by the way, if you're not doing it, you have to do it. Uh, we just did two podcasts and we just did a bunch of blogs all around the great resignation of 2021 because it is real. It is friggin real. Now, knock on wood. I won't knock because you just make a lot of noise. But, you know, knock on wood. We've been pretty good. Like we haven't lost. We've only lost one person in the last 12 months. But, you know, when when people there is there is a paradigm shift in like how people are really thinking about their lives and how work is like overcoming their lives pre-pandemic and you know when you're thinking about like okay how do i retain people you know it, 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 you got to kind of like think beyond just like work life balance like you got to think about like transparency in their career how do they you know what's their big why how does how do they impact uh, the company's overall goals and so for us as business owners like our number one goal is to hit our plan target okay now what do we really want to do we want to hit our plan target times two that's called our stretch target so when we're thinking about paying for performance right pay comp we're thinking about you got to have a plan so you really can't do pay for performance unless you've got a plan. Like mm -hmm. 
You need to know what you're going to do in 2022 so you can communicate that to employees so you can like report back to them. So you got to have transparency. You got to be able you, you got to want to have some like transparency in the the top line numbers at a minimum of your company. So you got to be you got to be kind of comfortable with that. Right. You're kind of lifting a little bit of the veil about your business. And that is puts business owners in a very uncomfortable uh, situation. Yeah. And so, but doing so, now people have a mission, right? They've got goals that they can be focused on. And if you're doing this on a month-to-month basis and you're reporting back to your employees, now you can begin to bring them along and adjust their behavior to hit those numbers. And it's amazing what can happen when people are aligned and they're focused on one goal. And yes, 80% of the reason they're doing it isn't because they love you. It's because compensation, right? Yep. So you, you know, you begin to like align people's behavior with your goals because they understand what really is going to impact them. Cash. That sounds very proactive in your approach. And it's a total Uh, pain in the ass because it's a lot easier to pay somebody 25 bucks an hour, nine to five, right? You just plug in, okay, this is your paycheck. That's hard for business owners, man. Well, yeah, but, but at the same time, the, the idea is to get your people to maximize what their productivity is. Because let's face it, dude. I mean, anybody who's a W-2 employee is going to do the minimum. Well, for the most part, they're going to do the minimum possible to get their paycheck. Right? That's that's the way W-2 employees tend to be. Because I'm going to show up. I'm going to do my job. There are some that do a really good job at what they're doing. But when the when the bell strikes 5 o'clock, I'm out of here, dude. Like, I'm not thinking about you or your business or anything. Like, I've done my job and that's it. I'm over it. When you're or they may not actually try to go above and beyond to hit your stretch goals of like 20% revenue growth versus 10% revenue growth. It means nothing to them, right? There, there's, right. there's no buy-in. So when you're structuring it like this, you're providing them with buy-in. All of a sudden, they have some skin in the game and it's worth a little more. Am I hearing you correctly? 100%. Now that requires a lot of like work, legwork behind the scenes. Like I said, you need a plan, you need a way to track the plan. So you got to be able to measure this and then you got to be, you know, you got to communicate this and those three things, it sounds easy, but it actually isn't. Mm -hmm. That plan that you're coming up with, uh, that's a lot of sitting down and asking some tough questions. You mentioned it just a little while ago when you start you know, and this is not just for businesses, this is for anybody. Talking finance is a very taboo thing across a lot of households, a lot of businesses. So when you're lifting up, you know, that the, the hood of that car, right, and you're looking at the inside of this thing, uh, you really get to understand what a business is actually like or what a person is actually like when you're going through their transaction history. Um, and it's uncomfortable. So what are some of these questions that we should be asking ourselves when we're looking at our process to plan ahead of time? Like, what are some of those tough questions that we need to answer? Yeah. So I've been hired. I've been fired. I've been hired and fired by the same exact customers many times Um, because the questions leading up to it and then, you know, seeing the value coming out of that is sometimes very difficult for a typical, and I don't want to throw everybody into the same bucket, but it is very difficult. And so my number one question for a true, like, I'm not talking the CEO of a $20 million company. It's usually a smaller business. My number one question is, do you like to sleep at night? Yeah. Because, you know, someone who asks that, I, I usually kind of describe some of our 
people as like psychotherapists for small business owners. It is, dude. It is. And <laughs> I, and my wife is a psychotherapist, so maybe I get a little bit of that. But my point being is like, you know, you got to get to what is their big why. And not everybody wants to uh, double the size of their business in three years or five years. Not everybody wants like to to be the leader in their industry. Not everybody wants to raise a hundred million dollars in IPO uh, five years later. There's there's a lot of entrepreneurs that you know they're they want a lifestyle business. They want to be able to grow, but sustainable growth. They want to sleep at night. They want to see free cash flow. They want to see their margins expanding. Like I love those businesses. Those tend to be the businesses that I kind of geek out to because it's real, right? You're not using other people's money, OPM, right? You're mm -hmm. using your own money to build your business. I find that small, medium-sized business owners that actually have to um, rely on their free cash flow to get from point A to point B, those are the best ones. And the number one question I always ask is, do you want to sleep at night? So me personally, if you were to ask me and I was a customer of my firm, I like sleeping at night, at night, but I'll tell you, I actually enjoy the ride. I actually enjoyed mm -hmm. my day ride. And yes, I don't always sleep well at night because my free cash flow machine has to fund where I want to go. Totally does. Uh, and it's funny that you asked that because I think it, it always comes down to, well, when you talk about lifestyle, it's like, this is what I love to do, right? Like I wake up in the morning, I want to have a purpose. And I, I think that's a common misconception as people begin to grow their businesses. Or when you start asking that very question, that exit strategy question, um, they have this idea of, I'm going to make a ton of money and do nothing until you sit there and actually do nothing for a while. And you realize it's actually pretty boring. Doing nothing is not the, fun, it's not the funnest thing in the world. You have to have some sort of purpose when you get up in the morning to do something. So building a lifestyle business is, is huge for a, a lot of different people. And as we move, you know, as, as going back to that great resignation, as we move, there are a lot of people who are beginning these side hustles and these side hustles may not be the most extravagant business in the world, but they do need a little help in structure. They do need a little help in, in getting started and getting those types of things squared away. So what, you know, in, in now you've been doing this for so long, somebody who's getting started in this new gig yeah. economy, who's running things through, you know, traditionally we'd run them through bank accounts and now they're getting Zells and Venmos and, we're worried about the IRS starting to track every transaction over 600 bucks. Like what kind of things should we be advising young hustlers who are beginning that side hustle and venturing into entrepreneurs? Great question. So I think first and foremost, take inventory of your strengths and your weaknesses, right? You got to know who you are. You got to know the type of person. Uh, you got to know what your blind spots are. And I know that sounds very like management consulting, but you got to kind of know, got to take inventory of who you really are and be truth to that, right? Um, secondly, if you're going to venture into something you have no freaking clue what it's about, make sure you do your research, like, you know, make sure you know what, how you make money, uh, understand the underlying like market uh, voice of the customer. What are their problems? You know, what, what are they, you know? What's your value proposition? Um, and I, yeah, I, I think as long as you kind of have those two, the rest is all about like the grit. Uh, and I would say number one is like delay of gratification. Mm. Like when I started this business, 
I said to myself, like, Dan, you got to get to this point where you need to delay gratification for two to three years. And it's those people who delay gratification, I, especially in the uh, startup world, like those are the people that end up killing it. The folks that raise the capital, take $100,000 salaries off of OPM, other people's mm -hmm. money, you know, unless you've been like a two-time entrepreneur, unless this is your, not your first rodeo, you know, I, I kind of, I shy away from investing in those companies. I agree with you, man. And it's funny. I teach, uh, I teach high school part-time. I have a, a senior class called financial algebra. And then every once in a while on Fridays, we throw on Shark Tank and I kind of give them an idea of what's going on. We practice valuating companies and while nice. well, the other day, I saw this episode and this couple was uh, selling some organic food or whatever, but they're and, and they're project, you know, they, they come out and they're like, well, our sales this first year, you know, first year was like half a million dollars. Then we went to 2.1. We're projected to go to 5 million this year. And then they ask them the question, you know, uh, you know, what was your net profit at the end of the year? And they're like, oh, no, we haven't made any money. We're uh, we're in the hole about a million dollars. But after we reach a certain scale and they start using a lot of this industry jargon and, and it, what you're describing really reminded me of what they're doing. They're trying to increase that top line revenue, that uh, that vanity metric, right? The one that's like, yeah, we made five million dollars this year, bro. It's not about how much money you generate. It's about how much you keep. And you, what you were describing is that bootstrap, right? Is that yep. person who's 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 taking the profits and then reinvesting, taking a small salary and reinvesting. This is the delayed gratification that you're talking about. I, I feel like for the most part, as things started to change in this economy, that idea of top line revenue just to go public is kind of fading out. We're starting to look at these investments and going, bro, that doesn't make any sense. What is the real idea here? I like the thoughtful burn, right? Any startup who's raising capital, trying to develop their product, find product market fit, building and scaling all of the guts of a business. Plus, let's not forget the marketing, the go-to-market, the customer acquisition costs. Um, you know, the, the, that is, um, it, it's the company, you, you got to have thoughtful burn and you got to be able to justify these exponential graphs, whether it's revenue or capital or burn. Um, but going back to my original point about the entrepreneur with grit, right? Um, they're just amazing people. Like they put it all on the line. And I, I, like I, for me, what gives me sort of gratification what I do is when I work with those types of entrepreneurs. And by the way, it doesn't have to be just like those uh, venture-backed startups. There are a ton of lifestyle, small, medium-sized businesses that they grow their business stepwise. And it's mathematical, right? You don't need some fancy integral calculus to model out what your free cash flow will be in five years with all these like drivers and variables. Um, it's very stepwise. And those entrepreneurs that, you know, I want to sleep at night. I want to expand my margins. I want to continue to grow the business. And I want to bring in more free cash flow to delever my balance sheet. Like that is something in business we don't hear enough about is like delevering your balance sheet. So I'm a guy who kind of like, kind of got his back broke a little bit in the 2008. Um, I was fortunate enough to have a job and I did a lot. I would say I was very impactful for the company I was working with. 
but my learnings from that episode from 2007 to 2012 was the importance of managing your balance sheet. And I'm not talking through the through the lens of like a bean counter, debits and credits. I'm talking I'm talking through like leveraging like managing your balance sheet to achieve the goals you want in life. Debt free mm. in 10 years. Great. Let's make a plan that gets you debt free in 10 years. That's an actual yeah, because what we what uh, the balance sheet's funny. It's leaving all those liabilities, right? Not offsetting with cash. So you're talking about the 2008 when you went. Well, basically, we went upside down, and if you're over leveraged, uh, it kind of it kind of hurts. Yeah, you get screwed. All right. Uh, and the bankers called you lines, and the bankers weren't willing to work with you. Yeah, it was so, tough there in that like, time. We're not that far back. We're not that far off from being there again. No, and I don't, and then it's scary because there's so many people who think the market's going up, 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 up. Like there's no way down. Go you know, what right now, especially this things going on in China with a lot of a lot of defaults over there. There's uh, there's Zillow stopping their iBuyer program purchasing. There's a lot of there's a lot of red flags. Inflation's like ridiculous. The Fed's gonna raise their interest rates. There's a lot of red flags like to to kind of pull back. Yeah. Uh, but Dan, before we move forward, I want to make sure, you know, let's let's assume that the entrepreneur that we're talking to right now understands that they're ready to move forward and, and get some help with the thing that's giving them the biggest headache, their books, man. So what does this virtual process look like with you guys? Yeah. So let me just start by saying, do your own damn books by yourself. It is so good for entrepreneurs. I, I have I have companies that come to me and be like, hey, I, I need your service. And I was like, no. I actually want you to suffer through this for three months. Like you got to understand the basic, uh, the lowest common denominator of your business. Like the money's coming in and out. Like understand what it means to compile um, financial information. Fancy way of like saying debits and credits and transactions and all that in QuickBooks. Don't worry. I always, And the other thing I said, don't worry about QuickBooks. Uh, you can always fix the sins of the past. If you screw it up, we can always go back and fix it. But as long as you kind of learn why that's important and you begin to like put it together. So what does it mean to work with a company like ours? Well, every company needs at some level bookkeeping. Now there are two types of bookkeeping. There's one that has been done for years with your typical traditional CPA firm. The traditional accounting firm will do your books all day long but they'll only do it like once a year, twice a year. And if you're really lucky, maybe you get it 12 times a year. But they're doing it for their own sole purpose. Taxes, filing your taxes. What you need is bookkeeping and accounting done for your business, not for the mm. IRS. And that's where that's our thesis. You do your accounting and bookkeeping because you need, as a business owner, to make better financial decisions. Better more optimal strategic business decisions. And you can't really do that without understanding your cash flow and understanding where you're making and losing money. So start with your bookkeeping. And by the way, it doesn't have to cost thousands of dollars. It costs a few hundred bucks a month for a small, really small business to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Way, you don't have to use QuickBooks or Zero. There's FreshBooks. There's a lot of alternatives. Like if you don't want to be dropping 50 bucks a month for a piece of software. Right, right. There's a, there's a lot of different places. 
Uh, and I love how you said, just do it because the, the truth of the matter is it's a new language and you don't speak it. And how am I going to communicate with you in a way where we're planning something if you don't understand the basics of what you're already doing, right? I mean, accounting is a language. I mean, it, for you, you're, you, it'll fly off the tongue, right? Debits, credits, general journal entries, whatever. It's no problem. You you can talk. Hernan, I am long. not a bookkeeper. I am not an accountant and I'm not a CPA. This is no longer the language of a few elitists. This is the language of the common business owner. We're no longer talking about debits and credits. It's not some fancy shit you have to learn in your bachelors of accounting. Bookkeeping is all about tracking where you're making and where you're losing money. In other words, where you're spending it and where you're making it. That's it. Simple, easy. Well, I can't say easy. Simple, but not easy. Just do the work. Uh, you know, I, I also... Um, when it comes down to what service should I start with? I mean, okay, do your bookkeeping yourself, but when we're ready to move to that next level, what's that first service I should do? Should it be my tax planning? Should it be like an accountant for my business versus for my taxes? Like, what am I looking, what, what should it be that first thing? Yeah. So once you get your bookkeeping on in order and it is recurring, meaning it's happening month in, month out, we always say we provide our services with cadence, rigor, and then the team. You got to focus on the cadence. The cadence in business is so boring, but it's so beautiful. It just makes shit happen over and over again. The rigor are the things you get out of that, right? So start with your bookkeeping. You don't really need to worry about accrual versus cash. Like 90% of all businesses out there probably don't even have to worry about the word accrual their whole lives. Cash is good, right? Because why? Because cash is king. It all depends. At the end of the day, it all comes down to like how much cash do I have at the end of the day in my bank account. So focus on your on your bookkeeping. Get a good tax base. Uh, get a good cash basis. Now, where does it take you from here? Well, it really depends on your business. Because if you are a lifestyle business and you're in the gig economy, well, you probably don't need a whole lot of financial planning. Technically, what you need is more tax planning. Right. Because why that business is flowing right through to your personal tax liability. Now, that's a big chunk of the small business community, believe it or not. Now, the small business community and startup community that is looking to go from zero to 60 or even zero to 20 miles an hour, then a little bit of planning may be healthy, especially as you think about hiring especially as you think about taking outside capital. And I'm not talking, it has to be like some fancy VC firm. Like it can just be outside capital from mom and dad, from a bank, right? From a friend, just taking out outside of capital. And between the hiring, taking a little bit of outside capital, it probably behooves you to come in with some planning, operational planning, financial planning versus tax planning. Mm. Dude. Dan, we've had a good time, man. 30 minutes, hit a bunch of stuff. I think we did, like anything else. We scraped the surface just barely. But uh, I feel like there's a, there's there's audience members, there's people who are in a position who are ready to go on to that next level. If people want to get a hold of you, work with you, find out more information about what it is you do, how can they do that? Yeah, so you can definitely find me on LinkedIn, Dan Gertrude's. I think I'm like the only Gertrude's on LinkedIn. Uh, one. Two, you can always go to growthlabfinancial.com. You can email me at dan at growthlabfinancial.com. And um, 
Or you can just email the business bros. There you go. Boom. Hey, Ted. All right, man. You got a podcast yourself. We, we, we've been doing podcasting for a while. Uh, what'd you think of the show, man? What'd you think of our overall thing? I mean, I know I started off with the Jason mess going on and everything, but, uh, what'd you think of the show? So I thought you guys were, you made the, you made it feel comfortable. That's great. Um, didn't have to feel overly prepared, uh, coming from a long day's work. I thought it was good. I think you're hitting on topics that your audience needs. Um, and I also, I think you allowed me to kind of cut through a little bit of the fluff. There's a lot of noise out there in the accounting industry. And one of our missions at Growth Lab is to change the accounting industry one FP&A customer at a time. FP&A customer? Financial planning and analysis. That's what's important. <laughs> I love that. Love Not that. Fine. Dude, and it's funny because they they all kind of overlap. I started uh, it for me. It all started uh, when my first business went down, and I wanted to know who Uncle Sam was and why he was taking all my money. Uh, enrolled in tax school, and then it just opened up from there. I ended up getting my degree in accounting, uh, doing a little bit of life insurance and financial planning stuff, and it just you know one thing led to another, to another, to another. It's funny how all those things overlap. So. You know, you, you, what you're doing is offering a, a quality service, something that really that people need. Uh, and it sounds like you're making it fun, man. Like it's like it's not just traditional boring stuff. You're not a traditional bean counter. You got tequila, for God's sakes, man. You're making it fun over there. So I want to say thank you for, for coming on the show and uh, and sharing with us. My tequila. Thank you. <laughs> All right, ladies and gents. It is Halloween week. And uh, like always, we like to do things a little bit different, have a little bit of fun. So we started off with a little bit of Jason. We'll see you guys again manana. Make sure you guys check out what Dan's got offering. Go to www.growthlabfinancial.com, growthlabfinancial.com. Check out the services on there. If you're that type of business who's ready to take a look at your numbers because you never have before, you just think that the bank account is getting bigger, that's a good thing. You don't know exactly where you are. You're going to want to check that stuff out. Knowing your numbers is crucial for you to be able to sleep at night and plan for your future. All right, ladies and gents, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace, and we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the Business Bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the Insurance Bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.